When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Izzy and Kempi for breakfast on SCNZ. Good to be back on the airways with the lads. Louie, you got Kempi up there in Auckland. You got Joe and Robbie in the kitchen. You got Aroha keeping us up to date with the news around the world and around Aotearoa. A big good morning to you all out there. I hope you're doing okay. Double eight, double three, temper bedpost text machine, 0800 150 on the Kennards Hire phone line. Well, lads, it's a big good morning to you. Yesterday, big old show, plenty happening. Morning to you. Morning, morning, brother. Good to have you back. Tell us a little bit about P Naughty, mate. What were you doing? Ah, just flew in, flew in, stayed in my hotel, then caught up with the Kubota team and uh, had a good night with Kubota. They're obviously a huge part of our show and, and ECN, ECNZ. So just uh, really went along, met all the franchise owners and uh, all the bigwigs from out of Australia, Yuji from Japan, and uh, we just had a good night, actually. It was great. We went to this cool-ass place called Orlando Country Club. It's like a drive range and where there's a lot of wedding venues and weddings take place. And, yeah, it was beautiful, actually. Um, Palmy North, haven't been there for a while. Look, you know, Lammy, love you heaps, but feel fear. Feel fear. Um, <laughs> it was good to good to spread my wings. The hardest thing was actually just flying over home, flying over the the Hawkes Bay region, and and having a wee look down and seeing all the devastation. So that was probably the tough thing. But had a good day, lads. Just just catching up with Kubota and uh, might have scored me a mower too, lads. So there you go. <laughs> Share the love. Share the love. Hey, and it was a big day yesterday. Me and Louis covering off. Obviously, the mm. big news that. Coming out of, well, it's not actually coming out of NZR, it's coming out of the coach um, about, you know, these decisions that are rightly or wrongly being made. So we had plenty of uh, plenty of talk back yesterday, Izzy, and I'm pretty sure we're going to have plenty more today about the same the same comments because he's went, he's gone out publicly now, hasn't he, on, uh, if, mm. I don't know if you saw the one news clip last night and and talked about yep. it and the reasons why. Um, but your thoughts on that, like your initial thoughts straight up? Yeah, I can understand why Foster's done it. Like he's always been sitting in the back room and, and you know, just sitting quiet and, and everything's been spoken about him around him. So I can understand why he's front-footed it. Um, 
and just getting a bit more understanding of what's his thought process going forward. You know, like he, he ideally wants to stay on, but he realistically he's probably not going to get that opportunity. So hearing that from him, um, you know, makes sense. But then on the flip side, like dragging this out more is going to affect the players. So he's kind of contradicting himself there. So there's got to be a line in the sand for NZR. They've got to really front foot this and come out and say, look, we're going to appoint a coach right now. Or we're going to wait till after the World Cup. That's the one thing that's bothering me, is NZR are just, you know, foot, foot, you know, footing us around this whole situation, not not dealing with it on the front foot, and that's why these coaches have done what they've done, mm. and that's the frustrating thing. You know, get this sorted, let us know what's going on, and then that will give us clarity. And you speaking of the players, I've been on the flip side when I've had to deal with contracts. It's just all part and parcel of sport. You've got to deal with contracts and you've got to get your future security sorted early. Otherwise, if you keep foot, footing around it, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to, um, it's going to distract you even more. So for me personally, make the decision early. Get the decision cemented so we can all move on. Yes, there's going to be players that are going to be hurt if Foster doesn't get re, re-signed for NZR because of what he's done for them personally. But this is about NZR and New Zealand Rugby and the All Blacks, and we need to get it sorted. So get get onto it. Just get onto it and, and make that decision. If Foster's the man to take us forward for the next couple of years, so be it. If he's not, sort it out so we know what the future holds and we can move on and, and watch the Super Rugby that's about to unfold and what a bang it's going to start tomorrow night here in Christchurch. Super Rugby, old picky, and then we know Foster and Co are going to the World Cup, and they are our coaching group, so we can go over and have the best chance to go and win. That's sport. You're not going to get it all your way. You're not going to get what you want and and hoped. You know that's just a reality. We've got to be big men here, big grown ups. Put our big grown up pants on, and just move on, and make that decision early. Get it done, so we can just. Get it sorted. So yeah, that, that's kind of my take on it, Led. It's a it's a it's a big question for I guess for me, Dane Patsy Reddy, who who's jumped into that chair role mm. and has an opportunity here to front foot. You know, with the, with the CEO. So you know, the silence is it's we need to not we need to hear something. I, can, I look, I totally agree with you regarding the contracts. You know, like players love to have their careers sorted out. Smart players. Mm know that, especially if you're a marquee player, that the longer you hold out, the better your contracts are going to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you're playing well, again, I'll give you a prime example of that that's going on in the NRL, is Mitchell Moses. Mm. So Mitchell Moses went to free agency and went to market, knowing probably too well that he was going to stay at Parramatta, but because his form was so hot at the back end of last year, in the in the spine position, he just held held his position and waited till the best deal, and he felt comfortable doing it. Um, came across the table from the same club and got it for whatever what he what he could get out of it because it's probably the last time that he'll sign a big contract, being twenty eight. Now a lot of players sign, and a lot of clubs are smart. The smart clubs around this, if they know that the players getting to that age would have signed him a year ago, they would have offered him. A, you know, when the when the the form wasn't so hot, a contract to try and entice him to sign. And you're dead right, Izzy. It's just normal. Contracts mm. and, and getting getting into those positions, it's just normal business. What isn't normal 
is what's actually happening at the moment where people are taking things into their own hands and trying yeah. to and trying to force the hand you know and I look I said it yesterday I just think the benchmark the 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 benchmark that NZR once had of, of of like just being professional and everyone went to them to see what what was going to happen next and you knew that they were going to do the right thing they're sort of lowering lowering the bar for me mm. and it's a and it, there's it's a fraction really there. to say really sad to see there's a fraction there Kimpy. hey you, you can sense it now like oh, I, th- I always hate going back to it but in the days when I was playing mate that like everyone was we we're all one there was just like a, a unity through the whole organisation and, and all the teams. And, and I feel like they're just going out of limbo here. So you've got the All Blacks management, and that includes uh, you know the media manager and everyone that's involved that have just gone out and probably just made a decision to do this without the NZR's backing. And then you've got Scott Robinson doing it as well. So NZR are stuck in the middle, and you've got these two coaches on the other side that are just doing anything possible to, to win when when the public over or when when the people's decisions or, or thought process is over and then you got NZR in the middle whereas everyone was one and there's just a real fraction at the moment it's not it's not ideal reading and it's not ideal for the brand and it's just an absolute mess if I'm going to be completely honest it is a disruption they talk about disruption Fozzie talks about disruption this is probably even more of a disruption mm. And I can understand why Fozzie is, is wanting to do this. Like you said, Kempi with Mitchell Moses, you want to be able to have some form behind you so when you go and pursue other contracts, you, you're, you're more um, desirable for those uh, clubs to sign you on. And I can understand why Fozzie's done that and he's saying it, but you're, like, you're dead right. Like the future, once you know your future, whether that future is for Fozzie is in New Zealand or, or elsewhere, you can breathe a sigh of relief. You can breathe a sigh of relief and you can just move on and, and with the job at hand. But right now, it's all up in the air. That is even more of a distraction than not knowing what's going on. So that's the one that's confusing me at the moment. So line on the sand, Kempe, get it sorted and uh, and let's move on. And, and you know, obviously... That's the million-dollar question. That's the million-dollar question. Mm. I, look, I'm, you think long and hard about it. Look, I think since the Silver Lake deal, that's where the cracks started to appeal, appear. Mm. Um, the commercial reality of the business trying to move into that world has taken away that, that tightness that you had. Like you said, you know, mm. you've been in there. It was all one. And it started to show some cracks back then. And it just has never healed, and it's just those gaps are getting wider between them. It's not it's not unusual in sport. If you look at cycling, for instance, mm. and what's going on through there. If you look at football, New Zealand football, for instance, right now, what's going on with their coaching situation? I t- don't want to talk about rugby league. I was involved in a team that didn't want to have anything to do with the organisation. Um, that just you know didn't rely on them at all. Just went out there and played football. Now you don't want to get mm. like that, and. It's un for me. It's foreign ground. That's that's the the, the big thing with the uh, New Zealand rugby, the All Blacks, the, the brand, the, the community, the the public. They were all one. Now it's foreign ground, and it looks like everyone's out there with their six shooters out taking pot shots left, right, and centre. Yeah, and and that's really for me. I look at it. I'm going. This is so unusual. That's a fractured. That's a fractured union, Kempi. 
And at the moment, they are very, very fractured right now. And it's uh, look on the flip side, you can understand why players are having Foster's back. They're, they're quite worried about you know if you know say Scott Robinson comes in, he's just going to add all the Crusaders and make the decision. But that was the same said about Jason Ryan. But it's not about that. So best players in those positions are going to get those opportunities. And you've just got to get lose sight of that. And and they they really care about Fuzzy, and I can understand that. I care about Fuzzy too. He gave me a hell of a lot of my opportunities. But this is bigger than that, and you've got to have a bigger picture kind of focus. We're all humans, and I've been shafted plenty of times. It's just business. It is sport. And that's just uh, the reality of it. When you're playing at a high level, you're always going to have your doubters. I have doubters still to this day. That will rip me to shreds. But that's all part and parcel. Those that don't mind don't matter. See ya. Let's go. How you going there, Louie? Yeah, come good. Good. <laughs> That's a good philosophy. That's outstanding. <laughs> I love that, mate. Um, I, one thing I will just add, you guys have covered it beautifully. We probably don't have to. We can, I think we should keep talking about it throughout the morning. But um, one thing I will add just from my, my point, my vantage point yesterday that I'd like to mention is since I saw and heard from Foster... I now understand it more because I understand that he doesn't think he's going to get the job. So I believe him a bit more when he says that this isn't about self-interest because I think he actually genuinely knows that he's not going to get the job. So once he admitted that, and I kind of wish he had front-footed that with Gregor in his initial article, and I think that would have made it a lot easier to kind of understand where he was coming from because it can't be about self-interest. And Kempe, you and me kind of got there yesterday when we were talking about the only way he would get the job is if he went to a World Cup and won it. And, and so that's probably – there's a little glimmer of hope hanging in there, and that's when he says he probably won't. He probably mm. knows that this is it for him. But you nailed it, he The contradiction of the distraction, and one way or another it's going to be a distraction. And, like, I can't believe – how tone deaf we could be that the week of Super Rugby, this is where it all over rides, and we're all sending media requests to New Zealand Rugby who are putting their head in the sand again, and then we talk about their media, we critique their media strategy, and, and it just completely distracts from what will be one of the best opening games of Super Rugby in the history of the oh. competition. And I mean that. Like, these two teams named for the Chiefs and Crusaders are as good. That is finals-quality uh, rosters. It is, honestly, as good mm. as you'll ever see. If you look at the squads, and I, I I had a glimpse of both of the squads, I actually was a little bit worried about the Crusaders with the stacked lineup that the Chiefs have at the moment. Like first time since the big three have been, second time in seventy one games since the big three have been together with Retallick, Dmac, and and Sammy Kane. So they've got a hell of a lot of um, experience here. They've got young guns in the back line. You got Anton and and and. Um, What's his name? Nankaville. Oh, Nankaville. Nank. Sorry, Nanks. Alex Nankaville um, in the in the midfield up against Jack Goodhue, Braden Enor. Like it's it's just a really juicy matchup that I I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I just can't wait to rip it. I'm going to head along tomorrow and, and watch that game and with my little kiddies to open up Super Rugby. And you touched on it earlier, Louis. Like Super Rugby usually just ease into it. But this just shows you cannot ease into it. And teams know if they're going to beat the Crusaders, they have to start with a bang. And on that, it's time for this. Can't wait question of the day. Oh, geez, good. Here's the can't wait question of the day. Double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five zero eight eleven. The Kennard's Tire phone line, Temper Bed Post text machine. 
how can another Super Rugby team beat the Crusaders to the championship? And I'm not I'm not even being a, Kimpy. I promise not being a Cyclops. I'm just curious because I, I'm I'm serious. I'm serious. I I don't even care. I'm just curious. Like I, I want an honest answer as how they would go about it because I watched the Super Rugby Pacific video that this promo video they did. And they had to put the team's letters, uh, their teams on the, on the ladder with magnets. Mm. And without doubt, every other captain or major player, Adi Savier and co, picked the Crusaders' name up and either threw it at the ground and said, nah, put it at bottom or just put them straight into <laughs> second and put their, put their team on top. Like, there's a universal respect. And that's what happens when you, yeah. you obviously win that much. But I, I just want to know, like, if you, Kempe, were running – and you were running the theme for the season for the Highlanders or the Blues or the Hurricanes or the Brumbies or whatever. <laughs> How do you go into a season knowing that you need to knock this team off? And double eight, double three, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Izzy, you will have a different take because you've been in the environment and you probably know how you were coming under siege. So that's my question. Kempe, your first initial thoughts, mate. Well, you've got to you've got to compete week in, week out, you know, because mm. I think if you look at it. They're the Melbourne storm of the competition in, the, in, in Super Rugby. Like they, they are there or thereabouts. They're the first team that you put at the top of your list. If you're going to punt, you put them to be in the final. Um, and the reason that they do that is because they're the benchmark. They, week in, week out, can get themselves up. So if you can get yourselves up to that level, what you get is you get every other team, when they play the Crusaders, they know that they're in a, in a grand final every week. So... Mm. The, the way that the, you can only beat the Crusaders for me is, is that you're at the same level week in, week out, because that's how they compete. They know every team's coming to beat them, and they've got the energy levels to beat teams week in, week out, because that's every every other team's grand final. When you catch them off guard, that's when you can get them. You know what I mean? You get them when they, yep. do, when they let their guard down, and you don't. So if you don't compete for the whole season, I guarantee you the Crusaders will get another one. Yeah, hundred percent. Love it, Kim. What about you, Louis? Sorry, pregnant pause there. Uh, take your opportunities. <laughs> no, no, like yeah. it sounds like a cliche, but yeah, I'll give you two examples. Izzy, you know this. Every single season, the Crusaders have a period through the season where you go, oh, oh. What's, yeah. They've put two performances together here, maybe one against the Melbourne Rebels and one against, let's say, the Highlanders where they scrape through one, then they lose the other. The week after mm. that, you need to play like it's the grand final. You need to put your foot on the throat and get them when they are down. Every single year, the Crusaders hit a little speed bump. They just have a little. They come off the bridle before Razor gets his teeth stuck into them and ramps them up to peak for the final. But when they do that, you need to put them down then and there. And then on the field... They are ill-disciplined. They are one of the more ill-disciplined mm. teams in Super Rugby and have been for a long time. They play right on that threshold, right on the red line. Yep. Take your points. Just keep your foot on the throat of the Crusaders. Take your opportunities. I think that's where I'd go. Yeah, that's a beautiful answer. Like you, you just got to take the points on offer. And building scoreboard pressure, sowing that doubt in their mind, goes a hell of a long way. And I think... When you, when you pressure their identity, what, when you think of the Crusaders, what's their identity? They got a hell of a line out and they got a hell of a scrum. So it's that old cliche: you got to beat them up front. And there's been a, a lot of messages coming through regarding that. You you have to you have to really pressure their line out, pressure their scrum. And on the flip side, like when we've lost to the to the Chiefs and Co, they've come out and they've targeted our big three. You know, our big players back in the day it was Reed, McCall, Carter. 
Well, these days it's Moonga, Whitelock and Barrett, or you even flow it out the back with David Harvey at the back. You pressure their big three, and it will go a hell of a long way to sow that doubt because you think those are your players that are going to get you through this performance. And if they're under pressure, then you start getting a little bit of doubt in your mind. Oh, what are we doing wrong here? So sow that doubt early. And on the flip side, you've got to pressure their breakdown. You cannot allow them to get quick ball, lightning quick ball, to be able to play their game. So you've got to pressure that breakdown. You've got to make Drummond tonight a hell at the back of that ruck. So when he's getting that ball, he's having to take the step backwards, maybe two or three steps back, and then passing the ball, not passing from the base. So that would that would go a hell of a long way. We've got Irish John from Taranaki on the phone. Irish John, how you doing? Top of the morning. Top of the morning. How you do- Top of the top morning of the to morning. you, son. How do you stop the Crusaders? A point, a member of the NZRU, one of the members of the Trojan Horse, and a long-term process, put him in there for, for a while, and um, yeah, <laughs> see what happens. <laughs> so you mean, you, you need someone to infiltrate the Crusaders and really ruin it, is that what you're saying? A long-term process, big big picture, put him in there. Okay, I like it. Start, start okay. early. Someone needs to infiltrate and, the Crusaders from one of the other franchises and really run a muck there. No, no, I hear just and just the ends that are you member. It's all anyone, not the other brothers. Just one of the clowns up there. <laughs> <laughs> one of the clowns. Love it, Irish John. Thanks for your call, mate. Appreciate it. Oh, eight hundred one five zero eight eleven on the Killer Tire phone line. We are talking Crusaders. How do you stop the juggernaut? There's a plenty. Plenty of messages there that we'll get to shortly. We've got some headlines of Louis coming up, and then we'll read through a few of these messages. But before then, here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we are shaping and building New Zealand. ECNZ, we are 28 minutes away from 7 o'clock on Izzy and Kempi for breakfast. Great to have your company. We'll get to some of your text messages in just a second. Uh, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass tradies and builders I'm talking to you some sports headlines right now fellas and Blair Tickner well he has done it tough he had his debut in test cricket but he had his family home in Hastings absolutely devastated by Cyclone Gabrielle and he kind of fought it all back had a massive couple of weeks and here's him speaking about this experience yeah, you obviously dream about um, your test debut for, forever and uh, expect your family to be there your friends and Two days before it, um, the cyclone hit New Zealand and um, yeah, my dad was lucky enough to come through. He was taking generators back down to Hawke's Bay to help the people. So um, he just stopped in for about half an hour. Luckily, saw my first test wicket and then went on to um, seven-hour drive back home to help everyone. So um, luckily, my wife was there. Um, but yeah, it's just crazy times. Crazy times indeed. Uh, I suspect Blair Tickner will get a second chance at the Basin starting tomorrow. That's your latest in cricket. And, and rugby, boys, this isn't a serious, serious, serious story out of the UK. Wales, England, the Six Nation game, hangs in the balance. They have had their meeting deadline. They've gone through it. I'm l- watching read live tweets from journalists sitting outside the room right now. Nigel Walker, the CEO of the Welsh Rugby Union, has left the uh, veil. That's where they are doing these meetings. And he said no deal yet. He's gone to a scheduled WRU board meeting. He's going to come back to meet with Ken Owens and uh, the Players Association chief, Gareth Lewis, to discuss whether the game can go ahead. If this game doesn't go ahead, we're talking tens of millions of pounds damage Mm. to all six nations. 
that's how serious that this is. If they miss this for broadcast uh, deal, um, there's there's so there's so many different repercussions here. But the Welsh players are staying firm, and clearly they have not got a resolution yet. We'll watch that throughout the morning. This is a crazy story that's going to affect rugby globally. I love it. I absolutely love it. Like the players are making a stance because without those players, there is no product, there is no game. So the WRU have to come to the party here, and I really applaud the players. And this ain't the only um, competition that's potentially going to take a bit of a hit too. Kempi was talking about the NRL. So it just shows the players are really making a stance. You know, the, the, the rugby unions don't hold all the cards and all the power, which they have previously. They've got to come to the party. And the yeah, reality is, like when there's so much uncertainty, just get it sorted. It's the same with what's going on here. When there's uncertainty, there's anxiety and there's, there's no products. So get it sorted so we can get this going but it's it's an interesting situation at the moment there Kempi. Oh it is it is Izzy it's like uh, you know the CBA yesterday there's still big talk that the NRL might not kick off in the first round you know players are still mm. saying you're not coming to the party and and if they don't and uh, even Nathan Cleary stood up and said we'll, we'll sit out the first round so uh, across across the globe players are starting to talk interesting enough the, I'm waiting for the first player to talk on this, this stuff around the coaching issue down here I'm pretty sure there's some itchy feet uh, sitting within that All Blacks cap, ready to say, "Look, sort sort you sort your stuff out." Yeah, there's some itchy feet in there, all right, too, Kempi, and there's a bit a bit of anxiety as well because many of them are going to take on the Crusaders and they're trying to figure out how to beat them. And a couple of pundits have come through and sent a few messages regarding how do you beat the Crusaders? Paul need to mangle them up front. Go the Chiefs. So Paul, he's back in the Chiefs and he's right in the money there. You've got to mangle them up front. If you have any chance, you've got to dent their identity. And Brett from Huntley, it's best I don't call because it's a, it's a bit early for Joey and Robbie to be on that dump button. I'm feral already, Brett, from Huntley. He's up and he's ready to riff in. Fair enough, Brett. Fair enough. Another one here from Mark. Because the Crusaders' defence is so good, opposition teams need to take easy points. But what you said, Louis, from the penalties, it may be boring to watch, but if the three's there, take it. Because how many times do teams take the attacking scrum or line out and get repelled, Mark? You did right, Mark. You did right. They always try to take on their identity. It's I think it's been six years since a team has has got a uh, more try against the Crusaders. So that's a hell of a stat. But they're all trying to dent it. And Ken, guys, best Crusaders just scored more points as the Blues did down there. Thirteen ABs and Blues fifteen against Hollanders. There you go. 15 against the Hollands. Good luck. And then uh, last couple, more or less simple answer on how to stop the Crusaders. You don't. You just don't. And you fight it out for second place. It is from Cam. <laughs> you just don't. You just fight it out knowing that you're only going to get as good as second place. Some absolute gems coming through on the Temper Bedpost text machine. Double eight, double three. The Crusaders are marching on to chase that seventh title, but other teams will think elsewhere otherwise. And then, oh, I have to read this from Brian. He's always... Do you sleep well, Brian? He's always happy. <laughs> Brian, do you... Need to get him a temper pillow, Are you getting enough... <laughs> I'd love to get you a temper pillow because you wake up every day with a wee bit of a temper on you, and I love it. You're passionate. Boys, the only way to beat the Crusaders is for Foster to be put as coach. <laughs> Cheers, Brian. Oh, <laughs> he's, he, he's on one. 
<laughs> He's always on one. I'm no surprises here. Brian from Christchurch. Keep those messages coming through on the Temper Bed Post text machine. And, and Brian, I'll have to get you a Temper pillow because you need it, brother. Have a good night's sleep. Uh, we're going to shoot off. We'll come back. We've got Quizzy Dag coming up. Quizzy Dag, 0800 150 Take on the Quizmaster. Give yourself a chance to win a $50 TAB bonus bet. It's up for grabs. So, Lammy, I'm expecting your call, mate. We'll talk about the paradise that is the P-North, the P-Naughty. Give us a call. This is how you do it. Quizzy that come play it. This is how we do it. Quizzy that come play it. Quiz is on the line. Just one at a time. Don't Google a lie. Phone a friend, you'll be fine. Just listen for the signs. TAB with the prize. 50 bucks if you wise. If you're wrong, and then we'll say goodbye. This is how we do it. This is how we do it. Quizzy, they come play it. Quizzy, they come play it. 0800 150 811. Now give us a call. Yes, the phone lines are running hot. Everyone's ready for a quizzy dag, a chance to win a $50 TAB bonus bet. And just remember, Pango races tomorrow. Tomorrow night, 10 o'clock, Canterbury Park, race five. J-Mac on top. Class drop. Let's go. Good to see Pango back. Probably a bit short, 12.50, but, mate, it'll be awesome to see my horse running out there tomorrow night. It's been a wee while, so here, here you go. Maybe a $50 TAB bonus bet can go on Pango tomorrow night. We're going to get to Lammy from Palmy North. I can understand, Lammy, why you are grumpy every day. How you doing? <laughs> oh, good, mate. There you go. Hey, by the way, I went to yeah. the wrong golf course, uh, Wilsey. Oh, I went to the military golf club in Centennial Drive with my flag out saying, go back home, Wilsey. <laughs> <laughs> you went to the wrong golf club, mate. Honestly, yeah, Orlando brother. Country Club. I was like, wow, this yeah. is a hell of a spot. Hell of a spot. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Who does this, eh? So, yeah, no, it's a nice yeah. spot. Awesome, mate. Hey, uh, appreciate your call. Love hearing your voice every morning, Lammy. Good luck today. Here we go, Good mate. Wise. How many goals did Liverpool concede in a row yesterday to Real Madrid? Uh, five. Five. Wowee. Absolute hiding. Holy hicker. Yeah. Klopp, he yeah, must yeah. be gone skis. Surely they are sliding in a big way. Question number two. Who is the leading try scorer in All Blacks test history? Mm, sure. <laughs> oh, I don't know, but I'm going to... Can I have a tweet, please? Kippy? Yeah, one of his nicknames is Shovel. Oh, I don't know. Shovel. Oh, Shovel, that'd be Israel Dag. God, you're pretty quick there, let me get off my quiz. See you later, mate. You're out. <laughs> Have a good day. Good morning to you, Brett from Huntley. How are you feeling? <laughs> Hello, Brett. Good morning. How you doing? You happy today? <laughs> Go the Crusaders! Good luck, Freddie. Who is the leading try scorer in the All Blacks and All Blacks' test history? Uh, 
Douglas Howlett. Douglas Howlett with 49. How good. Yep, you're correct there. Question number three. How old is the number one ranked test bowler in the world? Number one test bowler in the world. Pat Cummins, I suppose. Uh, how old is he? <laughs> no, it's not Pat Cummins. It's not Pat Cummins. Sorry. Brett, you have a good day, brother, and go the Crusaders. Yeah. Give me it quickly. Uh, we we just got to be grubbier. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're all bloody, you're grubs up there. If you got Retallick in your team, you're going to be absolute grubs. All right, mate. Good luck oh, tomorrow night. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go to Timmy from Christchurch. Morning, Tim. How are you, lads? Good, Timmy. Very, very good. I'm feeling good, mate. How old is the number one ranked test bowler in the world? Oh, um... Uh, 37? 37 is incorrect. Sorry, Timmy. Have a good day, mate. We're going to get a look from Dunedin. How you doing, Lukey? Good, How are you? Very good, mate. Very, very good. How old is the number one ranked test bowler in the world? 40, Jimmy Anderson. How good is that? Age is no barrier for Jimmy. Question number four. Jake Paul finally fights Tommy Fury this weekend. Who are their more famous siblings? Uh, Tyson and Logan. That is correct. (laughs) Question number five. Man, you are a tin ass on this, aren't you? Who sits bottom of the six... (laughs) <laughs> Who sits bottom of the Six Nations table currently? Four, oh, three, two. I've got a clue. No, oh, nah, no clues no today clue. for you. <laughs> three. England is incorrect. <laughs> you, you've, <laughs> you've won it too many times. Get out of here. Sorry, mate. See you later. <laughs> Pistol Pete, how you doing? Morning. Yeah, good, thing. Yeah, awesome, mate. Hey, good luck. Get your little $50 TAB bonus bet. Who sits bottom of the Six Nations table currently? I don't know, but I think it's Wales. Wales is correct. There you go. They're in turmoil at the moment while the Welsh rugby, and there's no surprise they're sitting in bottom place on the table. There you go, Pistol P. You got a $50 TAB bonus bet coming your way. What are you going to put it on, mate? Got any little tips? I'll put it back on Pungo. I had a Hall of Fame build yeah. on starting Pungo last time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully. Ah? What was that? Started on 50 bucks and went over a grand, so good old Pungo. Oh, beauty, mate. All right, there you go, eh? Good luck tomorrow night. Hopefully you can uh, do us all a favour. It needs to pay me back plenty, old Pungo. Anyway, good luck. And uh, just to quickly, Kempi, I'm broke after yesterday's tip. How about a winner, Izzy? Well, Mark, just on that, we've got Love Racing coming up, so stay tuned. Active Faith Dragon Kingdom up the inside, Compassion Super Turbo Power flying on the turf, and then came Jazz Steed out wider. Active Faith in front, flying on the turf. He's three quarters away. He's half a length away, closing hard. He's poked his head in front. He'll win three in a row. Flying on the turf is airborne at the moment. He scores.
Airborne, Jamie Richards, first season in Hong Kong. Boys, I think we need to give this a little bit of attention. Flying on the turf, one of Jamie's horses has just won his third race in a row. Do you know how hard that is to do in Hong Kong? Because they put you up the grades so fast and the uh, the racing is so competitive in each grade, you're not really getting in, sneaking wins three in a row. This horse is flying, so is the trainer. Here's a stat. Jamie Richards in his first season is winning 10% of the races he puts horses in. He's had 163 total uh, runs, which in numbers sense means that he's won 16. No, that would have been 17 after last night. He's going at better Mm. than 10%, which is incredible. He's just over uh, the bottom half of the trainer's premiership, and he's seriously flying in his first season. It's so hard. He hasn't even got his own stable. Of the trainers that have won that amount of races this year and going at that percentage, he is definitely the newest on the block with the least resource. I am predicting, and we have said this for a long time, we all have all agreed on this, when he gets his own stock up there in Hong Kong and beds himself in, he is going to be a force in Hong Kong. He might be our next great equine export if he's not already. He is mm. making an impression in his first season. It's so hard to do, lads. Oof, so good. The question we lost them. We lost them forever, you reckon? You never say yeah. forever, but oh, he won't come back. Oh, okay. It's just like, um, it'd be like going from the new, the Charles Tour to Live Tour than coming back to play the Charles Tour. It just, the, the financially, it just couldn't, it just wouldn't yeah. make sense. I mean, it's, hopefully he comes back and, you know, he might race some horses here in group ones maybe or, or you never know but um mm. yeah but that's that's where i'm going and just quickly today at wanganui uh we've got an awesome race card on kempe you might want to tip one i'll tip you one time's up in race three robbie patterson and craig grills anybody that's listened to me knows i love the strike rate 3.7 that 95 starts together won 26 races that is an incredible jockey trainer strike rate and then the next race race four you'd find the stony one very hard to beat in good class back at the races. Uh, the stony one in race four, time's up race three. They're my two best. Oh, Kempi, anything? Not today, mate. Oracle? I've got one for you tomorrow. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I've got one for you tomorrow too, but I'm not going to say it because so, I tend to stop it. So good <laughs> luck. Time's up. Stony one t- today at Wanganui race three and race four. Thank you so much, Louie. Well, coming up, lads, we've got more than an athlete. And we've got Sir Michael Jones on the show, and we're going to have a chat to him, what he's up to up in Auckland and the things he's doing out in the community. He is a fantastic man. He's got a fantastic human. He is so passionate about the community. So really looking forward to catching up with Sir Michael Jones. He's coming up. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together, we're shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy and Kempe for breakfast on SENZ. It is Thursday the 23rd of February. It's just after 7 o'clock. We appreciate all the messages coming through on double eight double three. We were talking super rugby earlier on in the show. It is starting, commencing tomorrow night here in Ōtetahi Christchurch. Crusaders taking on the Chiefs. And after 8, one of the starters, someone that's going to be watched with a close eye, is starting at 6 for the Crusaders. Ethan Blackadder, we're going to chat to him after 8 o'clock. And I'm looking forward to having a chat to Eth. 
and seeing how the body is holding up, and uh, he'll be ready to rip into the Chiefs tomorrow night. So looking forward to it. We've got a big hour. We've got Sir Michael Jones coming up shortly, and we've got uh, Zachary Butcher, the harness um, driver uh, down here in Christchurch, and we're going to have a chat to him about that and uh, and what's going on in the harness world because we just had the standard bread sales as well. So a big show, 0800 on the Kinar Tire phone line. And uh, if you have anything to say regarding rugby, cricket, whatever, it's all taking place live here on SCNZ. And remember, we've got a tipping comp as well. A little bit of a tipping comp go, uh, going on here on SCNZ. is now open. You can be a part of it. And if you win it, you and a mate could win it. We're a uh, prize pack, uh, uh, New Zealand sports experience for you and a mate worth 2,500 big ones. You can sign up and play now at tipping.scnzradio.nz. Come on and take on the team. Kempi, Louie, myself, you got Joe, you got Robbie. We'll be all part of it trying to punch our ticket. Can we win it? Well, if you're good enough. I mean, Kempi's the oracle, <laughs> so he's to be the short price favourite. <laughs> <laughs> Kempi, you reckon you can win it? Yeah, well, um, yep, of course I can. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, good luck, good luck. You just got to take your eye patch off and uh, follow your heart, follow your head too, because Crusaders will be winning it, so good luck with that. But lads, we're going to be talking rugby later on. We're going to hopefully get Sir Michael Jones on shortly. But uh, we're going to talk about the cricket as well. Cricket is tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon and at the Basin Reserve. We had Blair Tickner on the show. Well, you heard him talking on before with Louis Headlines and just the, normal, the enormous situation that he has been through with his family and everyone that's been involved. I'm expecting him to be a part of that team. And you've got Matt Henry coming into the fold. And then yesterday, you heard Tim Southey's comments regarding uh, the cricket and how they're going to play the black cap style of cricket, which is crazy because they've lost seven straight. <laughs> so I'm thinking, well, you've got to make change some sort of way. But anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit on, later on in the show because right now it's time to talk to our next next guest. Jeez, this man really doesn't need an introduction on or off the field, does he? So Michael Jones was one of the most talented and feared rugby players of his generation revered by his peers and idolised by the next generation. There's so many iconic moments you can think of wearing the black jersey, but his impact out of the sporting arena and his communities might be more impactful through the years. So we've just lost him again. We're going to try and get him back up on the show. Um, but, but Sir Michael, what really springs to mind when you think of the Iceman Kempi? Oh, absolute legend. You know, around the same time as wanting to wanting to uh, come through first 15 and play in that black jersey. I remember 1987 in that World Cup, his first game against Italy and the way that John Kerwin and, and Michael Jones carved up and he made a name for himself. And I've got to know Michael mm. quite well over the years. Um, yeah, I don't really know him as Sir Michael. I just know him as a friend. You know what I mean? He's a good man and does some wonderful stuff for, in the community. I know when he comes on, we'll talk a lot about that, but... Uh, first and foremost, I know him as probably one of the best Pacific Island footballers of all time. The all one of the all time greats. And I was just writing some notes down here. Of course, you know, you, when you when you say the word Michael, you think not just Michael Jones, but it's got a Michael Jordan ring to it. 
Yeah. Um, and that, and and for me, it puts it in that realm. You know, from my mm. my perspective, when I look at Michael Jones and the way that he played the game, he revolutionised that number seven. Because you've got to remember, I grew up watching the likes of Graham Murray, who was just a, a farmer coming off the back of 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 uh, Upanaki blocks and and putting his head in rucks. Well, when Michael Jones went onto the number seven jersey on the side of the scrum, he played like a centre. Mm. And he just changed the way of the game, the way the game looked. And the big thing that standard, uh, stood out for me was his running style, like when he got the ball and how close he could get to a winger when they ran. Beautiful, Kempe. Well, it's time now to rip into this. Caring for our communities, out of the gym and off the park, working just as hard paying it forward to our next generation. This is More Than an Athlete with Izzy and Kempe. Brought to you by Tremaine Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. This man needs no introduction, really. He is an absolute champion on the field, but many loves the impact he's having off the field in the community. Sir Michael Jones, how you doing, Sir Michael? Hey, tēnā koro, uh, Izzy, Kempi, uh, lovely to chat this morning, and yeah, I hope you guys and your fun are okay, especially you, Izzy, down in, down in the Mighty Hawks Bay. I just uh, hope you pray all as well with the whānau down there, and and the community, your community. Thank you very much. Yeah, she's a tough time in the Hawks Bay at the moment. Yeah. Plenty of people are doing it tough, but uh, they need more people, and there's plenty of people out there like yourself, Sir Michael, that are very passionate about the community, mate, um, and and the work that you've been doing. We had a FESA on last week, so you're out there, you're in the community. <laughs> what, what are you seeing? Yeah, the, uh, it's... it's yeah, I don't know. If, I mean, here in Auckland, when we went through the floods, and then obviously Cyclone Gabriel. I don't know. I never thought I'd see the day. I'm, I'm sort of proud Auckland boy, born and bred out west, and mm. didn't think I'd ever see the Trust Stadium housing people. You know, similar to what happened in a little bit in Cyclone Katrina, and, and those scenes in the in the big um, NFL stadium, the Saint Stadium, when you had, you know, thousands of people in a sports stadium, but mm. we didn't have. Thankfully, we didn't have that many, but, you know, I just never thought I'd see the day. And then now seeing what's happened down in, in uh, Tairawhiti and, and, and the whole Bay, uh, yeah, it's just it's just part of, um, yeah, uh, I suppose this day and age. And uh, I just seeing a lot of despair, I suppose, a lot of, you know, brokenness. And um, people just trying to get back on their feet. We had a lot of the Muriwai. Who, whose family houses are still getting red ticket as we speak because the slip isn't stopping, it's still moving. So I think that's been the most sobering piece, is it? And Kempe is just seeing mm. lives having to get put back together. And, and I suppose for us, like, like Kempe as well, and we all do, and it's part of our DNA, is, is what can we do just to Afi and Tautoko and, and just mm. see how, what can we do uh, just to help, help them get back on their feet and, and, and yeah, just get back on that journey to full recovery. Mm. Morena, Mikey, um, just on the, the imp- Morena, mate, how, how about the importance of just the community um, and 
and stepping aside from the, the day-to-day uh, workings of what you're doing to support, how important is that currently? Because I don't think we've seen the full impact of this, have we? No, you're, you're right, Kempi. You know, we, we said from day one when the flood hit and I think we were there on the, the next morning and, and some were there the, the night before taking people in. This is going to be a marathon, not a sprint. And mm. I, I think, you know, just using the Auckland example and the whanos, mainly out west and south, that, that we've been working with, um, it is going to take a long time to, to just, you know, whether it's finding a new home. Um, unfortunately, what it's done is exposed or put the magnifying glass on on how much poverty there is actually in our streets, in our homes, and it just um, magnified it, sadly. Um, and it sort of came more to the fore. I think, obviously, with Hawke's Bay, it's going to be an even longer uh, journey of recovery, that road, and probably a similar, particularly with the, mo- the more marginalised communities, that it's a way of going deeper and being more entrenched. And then so that journey out of it takes longer, unfortunately. And and just for you, Sir Michael, like what, what worries you um, going forward? What is the most worrying, concerning thing for you about what we're, what we're seeing at the moment that you're hoping won't unfold, but you're potentially going to see a lot of it? Is there something that's really worrying you? I think you said the word hope in there. Um, we've got to have hope. And, yep. you know, our hope is, is the same hope that these amazing people, I mean, the resiliency is, is awe-inspiring that, that I see um, of the people most impacted and most affected. And that inspires us all to just, you know, get over our own circumstances and and do mm. our very best because and that hope um, carries us um, you know we've got to have that 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 uh, tumanakotanga that hope um, because without it uh, so that, that that gives me yeah that, that I'm, I'm confident that although you know there is some real suffering and then some real heartache in you know, of course, there's been loss of life, which is, I suppose, the most tragic piece of all this is, is people lost loved ones. And thankfully, I think it's down to single figures what's, in terms of who's missing still in, down in, down on the east, east, east Coast and Izzy and, and through the whole space. So I think we've just got to hold on to that hope, Izzy, Kempi. Um, yeah. You know, we, and, and I think, again, I see, as I have before, the very best in being a Kiwi and our and as New Zealanders, um, the love, the compassion, the aroha, it's just outstanding and makes me extra proud to be uh yeah, a Kiwi boy, uh in this mm. in, in this time. And uh, you know, every single person that can does what they can. Michael Michael, what does the the, the um the prevalence of sport play in all this, you know, when you, you know, you've set up mm. all those those academies and you've been working with our whanau and through all the sporting circles with your voice. Um, you're talking about resilience, inspiration. How do you, how do you connect that sort of teamwork at the moment? And what are you doing on the ground with your knowledge to help support that through sport? I think the greatest gift we all got given, it'll be the same for you, Kempi, and and I know for Izzy, um, you know for our nation, whether it was as an all-black or Kiwi or, or any level of of um, 
leadership, it, it, it gave us a platform or influence to, yeah, to potentially um, just make a difference from what we can do, but I suppose mobilize people, <laughs> draw on your networks, um, the goodwill that's out there, like, you know, we're just so grateful that when we go come calling, people people just want to help. And yeah, we, we've got a steward or kaitiaki that influence as best we can um, so that we can optimize, you know, not only, what, you know, our, um, our support structures or what, like you said, can be putting in, pro- in place programs or initiatives that, that are going to make a difference and, and then no one gets left behind. That's our heart. That no, no Kiwi gets left behind. So whether it's, um, you know, doing food banks or, yeah, running, you know, youth programs, um, they're all part of just our ability to initiate um, programs or responses. And I think rugby, for me, and I, I can only speak as a rugby player, it's taught me a lot about, you know, being innovative, um, taking a lead, uh, drawing on those around you because you're only as good as your team. Um, and, and trying to put the right people around you, you know, you can have the vision, but to get the job done, you've got to have the A team. And so all those kind of lessons and, and values that you learn from, from sport, uh, you carry into what you do out there and it puts you in a good stead. And again, I can't emphasize enough the power of the, of the, of the platform or the influence. And I'm just so grateful. It's the greatest gift that being in all black has, has given me. I mean, I've, so grateful for everything it gave me, you know, including the just the sheer joy and honor of playing for your country. And then, you know, you meet as Izzy and you have, you know, you meet queens, kings, presidents, prime ministers, <laughs> make great friends around the world, go travel all over creation. Um, yeah. That wasn't you, Izzy, that, 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 that gave the queen a hard time one time? No, that wasn't you. That was, <laughs> no, no, that, that, that wasn't me. That wasn't me. That will remain unnamed. <laughs> and those persons will remain unnamed. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, more than all of that is 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 what it gives you to continue to hopefully make a difference in your world, in your community, um, particularly for those who need it most, the most vulnerable. Mm. And a team that people will be looking to for hope and some sense of mm. of some some positiveness is Moana Pacifica. Yeah. And, and the team <laughs> that'll be lining up with a very settled roster heading into another season. And on the other side, the flip side, you've got young Nico Jones in there, obviously following in the footsteps of his father. just want to ask you about that as well. Like, are your hands on with that? And how do you deal with the pressures? Like, I've got a young son and I'm, you know, I'm always worried that he's always going to be compared to his dad, but I wanted to want him to follow his own journey. Is that is that something that you're you're quite worried about as well? Yeah, maybe I'll I'll, 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 use, I'll use the pun. I'll tackle that first question first, and then I'll lead on to that. So just about Moana Pacifica. That's easy. Yeah, you're right. There's a lot of hopes and aspirations um, mm. that ride on Moana Pacifica as, as sort of the first Pacifica franchise, and and you know what that means to to have a team that um, carries the hopes and dreams of. Samoan and Tongan rugby, Fijian rugby, island rugby, but also the big diaspora that lives here in Aotearoa. You know, I think it's, uh, you know, 300,000 and, and, and also in the States and all over the world, Australia. So, yeah, it's, it's important to go out and, and 
and and uh, represent and uh, you know I suppose live out the vision and the legacy uh, and and do it justice. Um, then coming back to yeah, it's 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 wonderful to have I suppose Nico able to sort of be in this uh, one Pacific environment. He's um, your question is he and yeah. I've, I do feel for your boy, <laughs> your kids. It's, it's the same for our kids. You know, there's there's always expectation, but the good thing about you know they have to find their own uh, feet and you know play their own trade and 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 find and take their own journey. Um, I'm thankful he's got a good head on him. He, probably, he gets that from his mother, yep. so he you know he doesn't feel <laughs> pressure. I don't think he just takes it in his stride, but he's he's had a you know he hasn't had an easy road. You know, although he's sort of shot out uh, quite early as a secondary school uh, player, but he's had a lot of few injuries as we all do, um, and that but that that road, um, the tough road is, is sometimes the best road, and and, and it'll, it teaches him a lot. And he's growing in his character, and, and will come. Still early days, um, but I know, yeah, I'm sure I've, for your your kids too, uh, Izzy. You just um, I always said I I, I wouldn't care if um, they wanted to you know, be a ballet dancer in the New Zealand ballet, whatever program. Mm. <laughs> you just whatever they want yep. to do as long as they chase their dreams and be the best they can and we'll uh, love and support them whatever they want to do. Um, yeah, I suppose for us rugby dads, if they play rugby, yeah, there's a bit more sort of expectations and spotlight, but they they live in that shadow, but thankfully I'm pretty sure it's the same. They, I think we underestimate how resilient and how tough our kids are and they can, they, they can, they can handle it, hey, bro. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Step out into sure, your, step, out, step yeah. out into your own light. That's a great answer, Michael. Just before we let you go, you know, you, you, you're known for changing people's perceptions around no play on Sunday. When you did that, when you were an All Black, what's your message of of hope that you can give our community? What What would you like to say just before we let you go? Yeah, I mean, obviously for those that are doing it tough, and I suppose. As, as community, you know, if we have a leadership hat on, you know, we're just concerning that more, more and more of our, our, of our people are, are, are doing it tough. I mean, inflation's hard. Um, you know, after COVID, you know, you know, and now food banks, you know, it's a barometer of what's happening out there. And you know, we're seeing people that never you'd expect to see in a food bank. Um, you know, they, maybe they call it the, the you know, the, 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 the new poor or the um, you know, uh, the new vulnerable. So I think our, our heart, or my heart, is just to always reach out. I think it will help us a biggie out there for our people. And I think culturally sometimes some of our communities, and even Kiwis, we're very stoic and we're very tough. I love the work that Sir JK does. I'm a big supporter of that, Mahi. But I think we've just got to, especially I know there's probably a lot of, uh, you know, listeners who, who come from that kind of um, space, you know, especially if we're with sports people, just got to really, um, you know, just reach out and and um, overcome any sort of um, mindsets that would preclude us from just reaching out when we need to, to particularly not just to the ones around us that love us the most, but there's some really good programs and agencies. And, uh, you know, again, I just prefer to Sir JK's programs. That's just one. But, man, I've seen... Um, the the, 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 uh, the contribution and the, the change that, that that's made in people's life um, firsthand. Yeah. 
How's that? Boys, I, it might have been a long winter. You nailed it. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, nah, you nailed it. Yeah. You nailed it. So, Michael, we, we really appreciate you coming on as Ian Kempe for breakfast. Uh, you're an inspirational rugby player, but you're an inspirational person in the community, and I know you provide so much hope for our people around Aotearoa, and we, we appreciate all that you're doing, my friend. Thank you so much, and uh, doing, no, thanks for taking thank the time. You. Keep up the good work too, brothers. Yeah, thank you. Love your show. Love your mate. Awesome. Kakite, Kakite. Awesome. There is Sir Michael Jones talking about everything, hope, aspiration for our people of Aotearoa. And I think the biggest word we took out of that is hope. We've all got to keep on and hold on to hope that things will get better. And uh, there's no bigger man that can provide us hope than Sir Michael Jones. Awesome questions here, Kempe, and great to hear his answers. If you've just tuned in, you can catch that on Izzy and Kempe for breakfast, thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. They're always helping us get things done. That was brought to you by Tremaine's Real Estate, bringing people and property together in our communities. That was Izzy and Kempe for breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. Get our tire phone line. Call Izzy and Kempi anytime. 0800 150 811. And remember, Kenard Tire is making trade easy with a two-hour delivery promise and heaps more. Yeah, more than an athlete with Michael Jones. Sir Michael Jones uh, and Tremaine Real Estate. That was awesome. Very, very lucky to have him on the show. And we're going to get to our news very shortly. But Kempi, this text from Matt sums it all up, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Ice, in my opinion, is maybe the greatest living Kiwi. His community work in the community and others and skill to turn lives around is unparalleled. When he walks into a room, he has a gravitas that you need to experience to believe. Classic. And that's from Matt. And I couldn't agree with you more. He's an absolute legend. He's a good mate of mine. I've had lots to do with him. And you can imagine that for me. You haven't been my idol. I put him in the same realm as uh, the great Bob Marley, um, Nelson Mandela, Viv Richards, all the people, Muhammad Ali. And you can add Michael Jones to that as well. Wow. That means a lot, Kempe, especially knowing how well you know him, man. That, it was incredible. If you missed it, we'll get it up online as soon as we can. Uh, more than an athlete, that's exactly what that is all about, speaking to Kiwis that are changing lives. Here's Aloha with the news for Kubota. Together we're shaping and building New Zealand. Let's spit some sports headlines with Ken Artai, making your job easy. Talk to someone who's made the Ken Oath today, kenarts.co.nz. And Devin Conway, well, he was our de facto winner of the highest run sweepstake, even though Tom Blundell scored more runs. Devin put up a good first innings score. He knows how important it is for this batting order to fire tomorrow when the Black Caps start the second test against England. And he also knows that it's probably going to stay settled. Yeah, I think, um, you know, just looking back on that first test, we, we certainly didn't do the, the goods with uh, the bat, especially in the top order. Um, yeah, we, we didn't manage... We didn't manage to sort of get get through that that new ball period. Um, granted, we did bat at tough tough periods, um, and we have to give credit to their bowlers as well. They they bowled really well throughout throughout that first test. So we know it's going to be a challenge coming here to to Wellington, and um, yeah, we're just going to have to dig deep, graft hard, and get through that new ball period and and cash in as a batting group. And play the breaking news sirens because we have a resolution, kind of, between Wales and their rugby union. Well, we don't have a strike at least. Wales players have withdrawn their strike threat for Saturday's or Sunday's Six Nations clash with England. So they have compromised. We don't know the details of that compromise just yet, but it means the Cardiff game is going to go ahead and the financial turmoil that was going to set across the Six Nations has been dodged. So that is relieving, um, but we hope that the players' voices have been heard in that situation, is he? On that, Kempe, distraction for Wales, or would you see a bit of a... 
repel from them and, and go out there and put on a performance that they're proud of. How do you see this game unfolding? I'd back, I'd back Wales this week, 100%. percent have been in this exact same position. And uh, we got we got beaten an extra time. You know what I mean? Like it'll it'll um, steal them because they've put basically they've put their kahunas on the line around the world. So if they come out yeah. now and and don't perform, then they look like pork chops. So I'm expecting a big effort from them. Yeah, backlash from uh, Wales. They're taking on England and they need it because Warren Gatlin has gone and tried to be the saviour for Wales rugby, and he's had a pretty tough old time. There at the moment, they've lost plenty and they need to get back on the horse and I'm expecting the same, Kempi. I'm expecting them to come out and put in a performance that'll make Welsh rugby proud and and make them uh, have a have a case for the case that they're throwing at the, the Welsh Rugby Union because that's the thing. It's all fun and things to say, I want more, I want more, but you need to be able to earn it. And at the moment, many of those players are struggling and they need to go out there and put on a performance to make the RU have a case to fight against. A uh, message come through uh, from Matt. He loved it from Master Michael Jones. Yep, we enjoyed that. And he, we love catching up with the Iceman. So if you've missed that, head over to Izzy and Kemp before breakfast. And you can get all our podcasts. He had Michael Walker on yesterday, lads. I missed that one, so I'm going to go have a listen to it because Michael Walker, the jockey, has retired 25 group ones. He's an absolute champion. And uh, it was good to have him on our show. Zach- Zachary Butcher coming up. Harness rider, harness driver. So we'll have a chat to him about what he's got coming up as well. So back soon with Zachary Butcher. Yes, welcome back. We're 17 away from 8. And after 8, we're going to catch up with Ethan Blackadder. But it's now time to talk about equine, the horse racing industry, Kim P. Yes, that's right. And this week has been harness racing's one to shine as they had their New Zealand bloodstock sales both here in Tamaki and down in Ototahi Christchurch. Leading up to the auction, the best three-year-old coats and geldings, how good raced in the millions race at Cambridge with Zachary Butcher driving Merlin to a thrilling win. Well, he joins us this morning, Zach, to talk about that win and much, much more. Good morning, Zach. How are you doing, brother? Yeah, good thing. Not too bad. Just washing down a couple of horses as we talk. Nice. Oh, they love that. I hope you got the warm water on, mate. But knowing how hard and tough those harness races are down there in the deep south, uh, I'm pretty sure they're just loving what you're doing with it. Mate, did you did, did, just tell us, did you attend the standard bread sales down there um, in Christchurch? No, I didn't get a chance to get down. I got a few things that I had to get done at home and sort of wasn't uh, looking for, for buying any horses. So watched it on TV, though. There was a couple that I uh, was trying to buy after they went through the ring, but we had no luck. So we come out with nothing this year. Well, if you don't, if you miss out on the sales, mate, only one person gets to drive the the good ones, and you've obviously driven a good one uh, last Friday. Tell us what was going through your mind when you were four wide, a couple of lengths back from the leader. What does it always seem like you're winning races like that, Zachy boy? <laughs> I was panicking, boys. I'm not going to lie. Eh? <laughs> the, um, I, sort of, I thought I had the speed to pick them up, but um, they got away with it not bad in front, and they ripped home that last half pretty quick and when I pulled at the quarter I was uh yeah, I was in a bit of trouble. There was a lot of ground to pick up but Will of the horse mate, he's an absolute legend that wee fella. He knows when to put his head out and he put it out right on the line at the right time. Yeah, know know what you got underneath you, eh, Zach. You weren't panicking, mate. You knew you'd had that horse home and <laughs> and there's also another amount uh horse with a lot of speed and and uh flashed home in Old Town Road. He's a genuine group one horse and you've just had a campaign in Australia with him. Talk us through what you learnt there. 
look, yeah, I think the biggest thing we learned over there was that uh, not only does he have lightning speed, but he's uh, got a lot of a bottom to him. He can stay like anything as well. You know, he um, went round and sat parked in a, in a very good field in the Hunter Cup and, and stuck to his guns and just got beat for second, run third by a nose. So uh, that's good. Uh, that sort of shows his opposition that, you know, he's he's got more up in the arsenal and, uh, they've got to be probably pretty scared of them now. So it's exciting. Obviously, we've got the race by Grins coming up, the Messenger Mile, Auckland Cup, and uh, <laughs> i tell you what, the next six months are going to be a very exciting time for me. So you're saying we should be scared here at SCNZ and knocking off our own one, self-assured, who's representing us in yep. the slot, mate? <laughs> is that what you're saying? Boy. You take, you take <laughs> a take a kid on the block. Is <laughs> <laughs> it? There's a new kid on the block, mate. Oh, don't you even start. That was a... Kempe, Kempe was front and centre there, and I love seeing Kempe up there hold the trophy. Are you excited for that for that race coming up, the Grins? Yeah, man. That's, um, just the whole concept around it, Cambridge uh, Club do a great job. There was a big crowd there last year, and I'm picking this year's going to be bigger again. Um, you know, they do the right things. They advertise it so well, and, you know, if we get a few people on course, I, I know, like, obviously, I was there last year. Watching it from the sidelines, which was a bit of a bit of a shame for me. I love being out there on the track in those big stages, but um, yeah, the atmosphere was electric. So you know, to be in the race this year and that atmosphere is going to be pretty exciting. Man, you think about innovation and, and you know just moving forward in the sport of of harness racing. Are you happy with with the trend at the moment? Like, are you enjoying the slot racing? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm enjoying it. Look, up north, it's a little bit scary. Obviously, the horse numbers are getting pretty low and you know those field sizes aren't sort of probably where we need them to be but all we can do as a uh, industry is just keep punching forward and, and doing our best to liven it up a wee bit but it is races like the Grins race and, and those sort of nights that where you get people on course and create interest in racing again where you know that's where you're pushing the industry in the right, right direction that's for sure. All right, mate. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna let you go shortly. I noticed on Friday night at Cambridge you got your name down in the trainer's column. How many are you training? Is that something you want to do more of? Yeah, I, yeah, I reckon I, at the moment, because I'm lucky enough to be driving a few fast ones, I'm just keeping the numbers down so I can keep <laughs> finding more fast drive. <laughs> but uh, just got a couple of my own, a couple of sweet loose. Uh, so, yeah, that's one that's racing on Friday. She's okay. We've gone without a trial. Um, just try to keep her fresh and, and bouncing off her feet. We've got the, the ace draw, but uh, Andrew Drake on will... Have to you know sort of hope for a bit of luck. There's a few race harder ones in there, but um, she gets the right run. Hopefully, we're not too far away. Hey Zach, all right. I know you. I know you like giving us that stuff. Like I hope you're not too far away, but mate, give us one the the punters can have coming up that you just say you know you're feeling real confident of, of getting behind and and taking it home. Actually, there's one this uh, this Friday, uh, advance ooh, ooh. party. She um, she trolled really well. Uh, oh, a week ago now. Um, I sort of just sat her in, you know, she, she just wanted a quiet run, but we run along, I think Sinbad was in the trial, and he went super into millions the other day, run a bit of time around Pookie, which is uh, a lot of them don't do that, and she cruised a pretty slick last half in a, in a very good last quarter and gave me a great feel. I think, you know, her, her last run down Crosswich was just okay for her, um, by her standards, but she seems to have bounced out of her, her spell pretty well, and she felt pretty super the other day, so... That'd be my next one to go to. Not a bad feel, but uh, she's drawn good, so I'm pretty big on her. 
<laughs> well, there you go. Ooh. That's what we wanted, Zachy. Hey, uh, mate, <laughs> thanks for joining Kempe and Izzy for breakfast this morning. Uh, you go well, mate. And, uh, you know, when Self Assure pulls up to you in the Grins race, I'll be at the finish post <laughs> picking up the trophy. <laughs> Win, lose, or draw, boys, I'll have a beer with you after anyway. Eh? <laughs> Go well, oh, mate. Not like I've seen you at Rickon in that day, mate. I'm staying well away from you. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome. All good, lads. Have a good one, eh? Cheers, Zachy. Now, Zachary Butcher talking harness racing. He's got Old Town Road taking on our very own self-assured in the SCNZ slot race, the Grins race. Great to catch up with him. That was brought to you by Fibre Fresh Produce Natural Forage Feed products that contain all the essential ingredients required for happy, healthy and top performing animals. And they're no doubt stoked with the association with Zach Butcher, a star of the harness game. Brought to you well, by Fibre Fresh. How good? Yes, <laughs> is he? Is he? They, they might have been until you just absolutely ratted him out for um. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good, he's a good boy. He's a good boy. I saw him that day as well. Is he? He was low level flying like I had Old Town Road <laughs> pull, pull, pulling him into the race. Yeah, he was seven wide. He was seven wide, steaming home down the Rickerton concourse. It was so good to see Zachary Butcher. But let's be honest, Kempi, I was in, I was in flying form too, you were, mate. So. You were in absolute best form, and Zach wasn't too far behind you. I'll tell you who else. So Sammy Spratt, she wasn't going too bad that day either. That's oh, good, good, little, good little uh, trifecta. Yeah, those horse, those horse drivers and and jockeys, yeah, they love having a good old time. It's good to see. Great to catch up with Zach Butcher. We've got some uh, some news coming up in regards to what's going on in Wales, and Louis got a wee update for us. So uh, we'll come back and get a wee update from Louis. Yes, a big good morning to you. We're coming up to eight o'clock, and after eight, we're going to chat to Ethan Blackadder, who has been named to start at the sixth position for the Crusaders. So it's great to see Ethan back in the fold after a wee while out with injury. But before then, we're going to get a wee update for from what's going on over in the Welsh region, Louis. Yeah, Izzy, it's um, it really is quite crazy what's going on up there. It's a a massive. Kempi has given us so much good context on this with his experiences in rugby league throughout the years. These these things do happen. You've seen strikes in uh, all sports, especially basketball, um, uh, American football, uh, football itself, cricket. It's happened throughout the years. But this Welsh story, it looks like it's a from from what I can gather, it looks like it's a pretty big win for the Welsh players here. I'm just following the reporting. So the game's gonna go ahead, and this is what the Welsh players have been offered. The sixty cap rule, so that was essentially like Australia has, the sixty cap rule that you have to play in for the, the Welsh unions to be selected now comes down to twenty five, which is a significant drop. Uh, players will be offered fixed variable and fixed contracts, and that's what Kempe kind of gave us the insight in yesterday about what a fixed variable contract is, those performance uh, incentive contracts that the players didn't want. So they're going to be offered both of those now. Uh, the Welsh Rugby Players Association will be in on P- uh, the PRB meetings. I don't know if that means that they've got a slot on the board. I guess that that's kind of up in the air, but they wanted more of a say. They wanted to have their voices heard. Uh, Players being sent out on loan must now be mutually agreed with the club. They cannot be forced. That is a huge one. That is massive. Um, You guys will be able to give some insight to that. And a clause to terminate contracts based on performance has been removed. So to me, that sounds like it's a pretty big win for the players, Kempi. It is, exactly. And and that's why they're playing this weekend. So, you know, just taking back control of... uh 
I guess how things have been done in the past and, and put put it put it back on a level playing for, field. Whether or not it's the end of it is another story um, because of how big this game is this weekend financially uh, for all unions. But at least they've moved the goalposts, unlike the NRL, who is still battling through a CBA at the moment. Um, look, I think it's a great one. The lone one, is you don't see that too often down here in New Zealand. Um, you saw it through... COVID with the NRL, but up in England, it happens all the time. You, you look at, see it through the football, you see it through the rugby, uh, players going out when they can't get a go. They don't release them from their clubs. They basically put them out there so that they can get game time and 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 try and you know get back to the top of their game. So um, I like it. I like that the Welsh have sorted it. That's, that's, that was real quick action. Yeah, the variables is is an interesting one because the variables in the contract were unrealistic in terms of the players achieving the bonuses that they were gonna that were put into their contract. So maybe a bit of context, a bit of realism that has been put back out there for, for these players on offer. Yeah, bonuses will always be part of contracts, but you have to make them realistically achievable and at the moment the WRU were making it unachievable. So they've got some reality back to it and it's it's good to see some common sense is prevailing, lads. So thanks for that We update, Louis. Appreciate it, mate. Hopefully uh, Six Nations can come out and we can watch the product that is because it's a wonderful watch at the moment. Uh, coming up, we've got Ethan Blackadder talking Crusaders taking on the Chiefs. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. Good morning, Izzy and Kempi for breakfast, SENZ. That was a bit of Rio Netsky, one of my favourite DJs to boot. Love hearing that track every single morning. Hopefully we're lifting you up to rip into your day. We're going to have a chat to Ethan Blackadder shortly because Super Rugby is commencing tomorrow night down here in Autotahi Christchurch. Remember, SENZ Super Rugby Tipping 2023 is now open. You can win the ultimate New Zealand sports experience for you and a mate worth 2,500 big ones. Sign up and play now at tipping.scnzradio.nz. And it's now time to chat to the big man. If you've got any questions for Ethan Blackadder, fire them through on Temper Bedpost. Text machine double eight double three. Ooh, oh boy, Super Rugby season is back. And can you think of a better way to start the year than a rivalry game that just gets the blood boiling on both sides of the ledger? Crusaders v Chiefs, good versus bad. <laughs> and we've seen plenty of firepower named for both sides, including some returning stars, Damian McKenzie, Anton Leonard-Brown and Big Brody, all get a start for the Chiefs, while the Crusaders have 13 capped All Blacks in their starting side, including the returning Joe Moody and Ethan Blackadder. Ethan is on the line now. Eth, how you doing? Daggy, how are you, mate? Bloody good to be on here. Um, yeah, thanks so much for coming on our show, mate. Uh, heard a wee rumour. The rumour mill was circling earlier on in the week. I uh, said the rumour is that Ethan's starting at six, so I know something. Mate, you're back. How's the body? How you feeling? Yeah, nah, the rumour's true, mate. Uh, yeah, feeling real good. Nah, the shoulder's um, pretty robust now and just got recovered from a week after niggle, so nah, I'm good to go, mate. How's hey Ethan? It's Kempy, mate. How's that uh, quad bike? Oh, you, have you heard about a few yarns about the old quadding? Have you? <laughs> it's um, <laughs> they're fully recovered now and operating at a reasonable state. So, 
It's ready to go for another trip. Yeah, and you're and you're ready to get back out there, mate. Ripping. Obviously, the recovery with the shoulder has been a bit of a journey, but um, mate, you got a big one this week um, playing up against the the Chiefs. You're ready to rip in. You're feeling really confident that nothing will happen to uh, to that recovery. Yeah, pretty confident in the recovery, mate. Yeah, put, put a lot of work in, and it's been eight and a half months. So yeah, no, I trust it fully, and yeah. Round one, big big game against the Chiefs. So yeah, we're pretty excited to be honest. Can't wait. Everyone talk. Everyone talks about rivalries, Ethan, and, and there's probably no bigger rivalry as of late between the Crusaders and Chiefs. What makes this game such a big game for yourself, knowing that yeah, what you're coming up against? Yeah, I think that rivalry sort of stems back to the sort of 2011 onwards, eh? And mm. yeah, it's just it's always a big game. This, Every game I've played against the Chiefs has been a hard and tough game, so nothing nothing will change there. And, yeah, it's just fun playing against them. They're just one of those teams. Ethan, the, um, you know, the, the stuff that's happening with Razor and his, his last year and, and stuff like that, obviously been a lot of talk down there. And you guys heading for your seven, Pete. Is the, um, has there been much talk around... Making sure that you guys go out, or Scott, or especially Scotty, goes out on a on a high note. Um, no, there's, there actually hasn't been much mentioned about that. There's been actually no distractions. So it's been it's been great. We've literally just been we've just been sort of focusing on week by week, get through preseason and get the learnings out of those games, and now round one. So that's literally all we've been sort of talking about, which has been great for the group. Mate, when you when you think of the Chiefs and and knowing what what you're coming coming up against, well, what has been the focus area this week to really nail? Where where do you think the Chiefs are going to try and attack you? Oh, good chance the breakdown I'm picking. Mm. I've got some um, yeah, a lot of threats all across the park. So yeah, we we'll have to make sure our attacking breakdowns on point as always. And, and um, yeah, just. Finish what we start, I reckon. And when you look at the Crusaders, um, Eth, you know they they really set the tone. What 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 is it about the you know like in your own words as a player being in that pack? You know you're obviously a leader um, on the side of the scrum. What is it that the Crusaders bring that other teams just seem to struggle with week in week out? Oh, it's hard to sort of put it down to to one or two things, but. I don't know. We just we just want to complete things, and we're not sort of satisfied until we finish something. So, yeah, I think yeah we we want to go out and complete and be gutsy around that. Eth, look, you're you're a special human, mate. You've got probably the biggest engine I've ever seen, and you know you just continue to get up off the ground. So, so what makes you tick, mate? Like, what what gives you the drive? to go out there and play the way that you play? Because you are just, honestly, one of the freakiest players I've ever seen. Oh, jeez, Steve, you don't bloody pump my tyres up. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know. It's pretty off of one. The, there's enough motivation when you're wearing the Crusaders jersey, so you've got to put a lot of effort in. And um, I, I literally just love playing rugby and playing with my mates out there, so that, that sort of does it for me. Mate, I want to ask you the question about uh, Dan Perrin. He's obviously made the trip south 
um, he's taken over from Jace Ryan. So how's um, Dan Perrin um, ch- transitioning into the into the coaching role? Are you, are you enjoying what he's bringing? And what is he bringing to this this Crusaders Ford pack? Yeah, no, it's been it's been awesome having DP down here. No, he's going really well. He's um, yeah, obviously first year Super Rugby. He's um, he's found his feet really well, and he's driving some good standards and habits for us as a Ford pack. And yeah, he has brought some new stuff as well, which has been great. So no, I'm stoked for him, and um, yeah, it's been awesome working with him so far. Hey, Ethan, how hard was it to, to sit through the All Blacks last year and watch that uh, that year unfold? And are you really looking forward to getting back in there? It was, um, yeah, it was a good year. It was a, oh, it was a tough season. Had its up and downs for the for the um, the ABs, but it was. All, I watched every game. I really enjoyed it. They um, the pressure and the scrutiny they were under early in the season. Then. Then to sort of fight back and get some rhythm, I thought they did bloody well. And um, yeah, nah, just sort of focus on cracking through Super Rugby before I worry about anything like that because you got to get form and you got to be deserving and play well to be to earn that jersey. So that's all I'm going to do. Enjoy playing for the Crusaders. Oh, we're excited to see you out there, Heath. Look, you're a man that's very shy. You, you stay away from the limelight. You don't really live out there in the public. You don't have any social media. You're like actually a, a ghost that just floats around, and it's it's amazing. But f- for people that don't know you, Heath, like, what do you get up to in your spare time? You know, What do you enjoy doing outside of the footy field? You're a code head through and through. We know that. But no one knows Ethan Blackadder off the field. Oh, I'll try and give you a big hitting description. Um, yeah, love love my outdoors. So if I'm not sort of playing footy or training, I'll I'll be doing something outdoors or um, uh, yeah, jet boating and sort of meat harvesting and tinkering. Really, yeah, just sort of try and get me involvement up wherever I can. And if it's something a new skill, I sort of might have a go at that. Or yeah. I just try and get involvement around all things, really. So just just a few tips for any blokes out there or any females that are just lacking in the handiness department. Like, have you got any tips for us handiless men? <laughs> oh, I think, yeah. I think for a starting point, get down to Bunnings or Mitre 10, get yourself a drill set and a socket set <laughs> and a few screws. Uh, screwdriver set as well just you just need the basics and then if you're really stumped and you don't have any idea just jump on youtube punch in what you need to do and there'll be someone guiding you through it for a start and then when you build the confidence up enough you'll be able to instinctively do it yourself so <laughs> hey hey Heath, i've got to ask the question okay so next i don't know whether you've taken is he hunting but do you think he can carry a deer out Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You gotta, you gotta bring it off the hill back to the plate, mate. So, Daggy can do oh. that. <laughs> oh mate, you're a champion. My wife, honestly, when he comes over, 
she calls him an old man and a young and a young body because he, you know, we're all out in the garage having a few beers, chipping away. He's inside having a cup of tea with all the ladies. So he's a bit of a ladies' man, is my mate Ethan. He does it all right. <laughs> hey, Ethan, we'll let you go, mate. You've got plenty of things to, to prepare for. You're an absolute champion and uh, appreciate you finding the time for us. Good luck tomorrow night, mate. Good luck tomorrow night taking on the Chiefs. It is great, and I mean it with uh, 100% confidence. It is great to see you back out there running around. You've uh, worked hard and you got back there, so stay out there, mate. Legend, Aggie. Nah, thanks heaps, boys. Really appreciate coming on, and um, yeah, have a good Thursday, eh? <laughs> hey, Heath. Hey, Heath. You're a champion. You're a champion for one-liners. Give us one-liner, mate. Give us a good one-liner before you go. <laughs> Oh, gee, on the spot's always the hardest, eh? I've got a, I've got a few in my head, but I just can't think of one. Um, <laughs> Jesus, what's appropriate? Oh, radio appropriate, please. <laughs> oh, well, this morning I woke up and I was as dry as a nanny goat's knee, so I'm just getting some um, water on board now to cater for that. <laughs> There you go, Nanny Goat, Ethan Blackadder. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks so much. Diggy Kempe, have a good day, fella. Brilliant. Absolutely oh. brilliant. So you're not going to get much coach head out of him, so you must, you might just have to go off on a on a tangent here. I did my best, eh? I, I was, all I could think of was all the characters in the teams that I played with, you know, there's always one in the team. He's always one in the team. Like, that's the bloke you want to sit beside at a football side because you know he's going to get his head in there, mate, no matter what. He doesn't care about anything except football. Yeah. No wonder No wonder he's such a freak on the field. He's just got, he's got plenty going on. He's just, that is so good. So good. Man, what a guy. Just simple but effective, isn't it? Oh, he is absolutely so good. brilliant. Ultimate clarity. Oh. I'll tell you what, too. When, Clar- I, when I met him down at your place, he's a, he's mate. He is one big unit. You know what I mean? So you, you can see the you can see the hunter in him. You know, you can see the adventurer, ad, adrenaline junkie in him. And he's just he, what you like. What you see, a is is what you get. Mm. He's definitely yeah. one of them blokes. He's just mate, straight to the point. He doesn't he he doesn't have any. Trash talk. He's just a realist with everything he says, but he's actually quite witty, and that's what I was trying to get him get out of him. Like he's very witty, and he's got great one-liners. He's got a great sense of humour. Well, there you think that he's just real plain sailing, and and just you know just speaks what he what he thinks. But he's actually quite witty, and uh, he's a champion, mate. He's handy as anything, so he's got a lot of learning. So maybe I'll just jump on YouTube and have a wee look. And I've got all those tools. <laughs> I've got all those tools. I just don't know how to use them. <laughs> and Brenton's come through. Brilliant, Ethan. Oh, he is so good. <laughs> um, that was mate. Ethan Blackheller. <laughs> Remember, the DHL Super Rugby Pacific competition begins this week. Catch the... Action live on Sky Sport or get the tickets now. I'm just wondering, boys, if you had to, I'll put you on the spot here, and double eight double three oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Um if you had to seed the blindside flankers for the All Blacks number one team this year, where would Ethan Black had to go in that seeding? Because they tried so many different people last year. Uh we had obviously Dalton popping up. I think 
Did Sam Kane play at blindside? Well, there's many people that think that he should. Um, they tried Sam Whitelock. Mul- they, Scott Barrett, you're Scott right. Barrett. They t- tried they tried multiple different options. So where would you seed Ethan Black at it in that blindside picking order? Oh, good question. That's a great question. One, two, yeah, one and two. Like him one. and Shannon Frizzell for me. Yeah, I'd put Ethan at one and then maybe Sh- Shannon Frizzell at, at two. If Shannon's fit, very, very good. And I'd even throw in a Marino McKelly too in there. Oh, I've got some I've got big raps on, on Marino. Obviously plays eight. But um, I just think, yeah, those two are workhorses. They get around, they carry hard, and they have back-to-back involvements in the game. They don't just have one-off involvement. So, yeah, one and two for me, Kempe, you're pretty similar. Yeah, I am. Yeah, 100%. If Ethan's fit, uh, he gets that spot. He's the top of, he's the top of bloke we want ripping and tearing in. So um, I just hope that shoulder's fine, and we'll, we're going to find out. He's going to get plenty of work come the Chiefs game. Yeah, he doesn't shy away. Watch him in that midfield off a line out running a short ball off uh, Jack Goodhue. He doesn't shy away. He hits it at 100 kilometres an hour. Well, if the Chiefs have been doing the analysis, they might have seen that. And we'll look for a little variation off that. Maybe out the back to a winger or a fullback, eh? Yeah, just plant the seed, plant the seed. Hitting Ethan all last year, out the back, catch him wide, score a try. Yes, Daggy boy, you heard it here first. A bit of variation off that special line out. And a bit of variation coming up off the back fence with the one and only Tony Kemp. You're listening to Izzy and Kemp before breakfast. Thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrance. You have to feel for Ian Foster. He is on a hiding to nothing after setting his own path and pitting himself against his bosses at the NZR. With all the drama playing out in the media, the silence from NZR is deafening. What else could possibly go wrong in what has been one of a string of media mishaps over the past 12 months? Whilst we sit patiently waiting for the counterpunch, the NZR still to front on the forgotten issue regarding Razor Robinson's comments stating we should have some news on the coaching situation in the next few days. That was two weeks ago. What we have instead is two weeks of public opinion regarding the coaching situation and in my opinion is the real reason why now Fozzie's stepped out and he's took his own destiny in his own hands. While we were expecting a call in the next few days, the drums have been beaten for answers, not just from the public, but I'm also guessing from Ian Foster himself. Fozzie, rightly or wrongly, like the public, has simply had enough of the silence coming out of NZR headquarters. With all this uncertainty, for better or worse, he's actually called out his own bosses. So, is this the end of Ian Foster? One would have to think it's going to be hard under the current leadership to keep him on board, given he has gone out on his own. And all because... The public and Ian Foster himself are still waiting for reply from the NZR. The drums are beating. Off the back fence with Tony Kemp. Bang on, Kempy. The drums are beating. I can understand the frustration from Ian Foster. He wants to know, and NZR, they've said nothing, and we're all trying to pick up and catch up with the NZR, but they keep shying away from the tough conversations, Louis. I know it's frustrating, but I'm like, let's get Mark Robinson on the show and see what's going on. But it's like trying to go and meet the king over in England. It's impossible. You can't even get near him or, you know, Joe Biden. Feels like he's Joe Biden. You can't even get go, go anywhere near him. And that brought up the uh, up the hallway there, Kempe. You see Mark Robinson in the cafe every single day. 
but we still can't get a catch up. Put a line in the sand, man. Front foot this. Mm, yeah, I'll, I'll ask him next time he goes past. You know, we, we're friends. We're from the same same uh, province and um, share share and you know a nice conversation with each other too. You know, just, he knows that this is all part of his job. I'll mate, I'll go out there the next time I see him and say, hey, bro. Come in and have a chat. <laughs> the, see, the, see, see, here we go. Kempi, because you do it in the best way as well. You will just too. St- <laughs> just come off the back fence. Just, it's, um, look, the analogy I used yesterday is, is this is this context that what Ian Foster is doing here, I agree with Kempi, like a lot of this isn't really his fault. I don't agree with the way he's gone about it um, necessarily, but this house of cards was built by fractious and very um, inconsistent media strategy from New Zealand rugby last year. It has backed Ian Foster and Scott Robertson into corners where they think that they, the best interest for them is Razor to come out and serve and say, well, you expect to hear the coaching announced soon. Ian Foster to come out, play reactionary, and do the same thing. This is all done because and with the context. The House of Cards is built right now. Mm. He says the drums are beating. I'm saying we're waiting for one card to fall and the whole thing to come cr- crashing down. When that'll be, well, that's what we can't get an answer on, and that's what we're all waiting to hear, and we actually just do not know. We want to know, man. Just come out. Tell us we're appointing the coach in two weeks' time or we're not appointing the coach till after the World Cup. And that will give us so clear. It's simple. It's simple. There's no point sitting in the background just letting us all unplay because if there's anything that's damaging the the culture or the brand that is the All Blacks rugby, it, this is it. This mm. is it. It is an absolute shambles. And, yeah, for... for for the life of me, it bloody frustrates the hell out of me what's going on. We've always been a, a unity in the NZR. There's always been no backdoor, you know, backstabbing here or there. It's always been up front. And at the moment, there's just people going out of the limit. And I can understand why Fozzie's done it because he hasn't even had the backing of his own bosses, his own rugby union. And uh, it's very, very frustrating. So hopefully we can get an update. Keep handing them, Kempe. If you see Mark Robbo out there, you run up to him, you tackle him, <laughs> and you say, mate, how's that knee? Come on my show and just drag him in and get him on because we all want to hear from I don't want to break him. I don't want to break him. I won't tackle him. But um, <laughs> I will ask him. I just want to just touch quickly on the fuzzy thing because this is what got me thinking yesterday. He's, uh, there's a lot of water that's gone under the bridge. He would have spoken to his CEO. He would have asked for answers. He would have continually been at them. And finally, he's gone, well, I've asked and asked and I've gone to the furthest I can with you with it. And if you don't do anything, I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk myself. So mm. I, I guarantee you he hasn't just come out of, it hasn't come out of the blue. He would have tried to do the right thing. And that's where you say is the, is the fraction, is he? Beautiful. Thank you, Kempi. That was a good off-the-back fence. We're talking coaching, the shambles that is at NZR at the moment. Sort it out, line in the sand, give us an understanding, give us some context of what the planning is going for because right now no one knows, and if there's anything more distracting for a team, it is that. So sort it out. Anyway, we've got some headlines coming up with Louis, and uh, we've got to round the grounds because there's plenty of sport happening this weekend. Here's Aroha with the news for Kubota. Together we are shaping and building New Zealand. ECNZ, we're 27 minutes away from 9 o'clock this morning. Around the grounds coming up and we'll pit Kempi and Izzy head to head.
to see who can tip up a storm. Who is the true oracle and around the grounds with a busy weekend of sports? Your text here on double eight double three. We'll get to those in a second. Gulls fueling your mission all year around. Pop into your local for some good value. Fuel visit gull.nz. Jürgen Klopp, well, boy, oh, boy, do Liverpool need some sort of fuel? What has Jürgen got to say? I think Carlo thinks the tie is over. And I think it as well. Tonight with a 5-2 and you see the game and it's like, oh, uh, they are pretty good in counter-attacking. We have to score their three goals, so take some risk. That could be a bit tricky. Yeah, well, they're going to need to take risks if they want to dig themselves out of these positions. Uh, Champions League, they can kiss goodbye. Premier League, they can kiss goodbye. Sorry, Karen and the rest of the Liverpool fans at SCNZ. And I thought I'd give you guys a weather update out of Wellington. Because today it's atrocious, and tomorrow we're meant to be starting a test match. Mostly cloudy, a few showers, southeasterlies, strong and exposed places, high of 16. Oh, oh, get the woolies on. It'll be uh, um, the woolly jerseys, the woolly vests will be coming out for the cricketers tomorrow in Wellington if they make the field, just looking at the rain radar. And uh, it looks like in the afternoon it might clear up, but it is going to be cold and it will be wet in Wellington for the first couple of days of the test. And we hope that they can play it because the first three days, as we know, are sold out. So people are fired up for it, is he? People are fired up for that, and they're also fired up for tomorrow night because it is a juicy matchup. Morning, lads, Chiefs and Crusaders have two very handy lineups for round one. It's going to be orange like physicality from Sean. You're dead right. And we got Graham on the Kennard Tire phone line. He wants to have his thoughts on Ethan Blackadder. Morning, Graham. How you doing? G'day, Izzy. How are you, mate? Yeah, very good. Very good. Great it's been interview. A bit Great cold interview today. Today. Great, oh, it is, it's freezing. After two days ago, we were sweltering, weren't we, here in Christchurch? But uh, that, that's Christchurch for you, as you probably got used to it now. But it swings and well, the weather goes from one extreme to the other. But, yeah, great interview with Ethan Blackadder. I know Ethan, and he's a great guy. And, yeah, def- not surprisingly, he definitely gets my vote as uh, number six in the All Blacks. No doubt about it. Yeah. What, what would you love to see that. from... From Ethan, what would you love to see him when he when well, he puts that jersey on? Oh, I just just carry on what he did. I mean, he was only injured sort of near the end. You know, it was a quarter final. I think against the Reds, he got injured, so he, he was a big contributor to last year's win. You know, just that he wasn't there at the final stretch. You know, so I want to see him get through the year and you know, and then get into the All Blacks, the World Cup. Yeah, and you know, I really got my fingers crossed for him because he's a great guy and um, fantastic player. You know, he's just a Absolute dynamite out there, as you say. You know what? What? A, what? A, like Kempy said, what a physical unit he is. You know, and um, yeah, he's he, there's no sort of holding back with Ethan. So yeah, I just want him to go through and, and you know get get on that All Black jersey. But more importantly, you know, in the shorter term, you know, win for the Crusaders, obviously. Yeah. Beautiful, Graham. We appreciate your call, mate. No doubt you'll be at the game tomorrow night. So we'll see you there. Thanks for your call, mate. Mate, cheers, right bye. There he is, Graham from Christchurch. He's pumped to see Ethan Blackadder playing in that six jersey. A big old game tomorrow night. But there's plenty of Texas coming through in regards um, to the off the back fence from Kempe. And just quickly, I'll get this one out of the way. Dag and Louis, surely you guys are going electric Ave. Well, I'm not. Louis, you probably are, but I'm not. Mate, <laughs> no, I'm on the punt. Electric Ave, what's that? <laughs> is that some sort of craft beer? Ah, mate, we got six Group 1s on Saturday. Grow up. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm far too old for that. I'm not going. I've got the kids, so I'll be dad duties. But have a good day. Hopefully the weather holds out. 35,000, I heard. Lord is headlining that with Flume. So it's going to be a big is day she? out here. So good. Yeah. Yeah, Lord and, and Flume are, are headlining it. Lord, Lord puts Lord. on a good performance, I've heard. I asked the same question. I was like, Lord. But apparently she puts the on an Lord. absolute show. Like an Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah, Lord. You know, Lord. Yeah, I know, Lord, from Takapuna Kemp. Is she actually playing Let's Do you reckon they've Living got um, self-serve... Ponsonby. <laughs> Do you reckon <laughs> they've got self-service TAB machines there? Because then you might get me. Nah. They ain't got that, mate. Use the app. Gamble responsibly. Oh, yeah. R18, Louie. Come on. <laughs> hey, um, nah, love it. Thanks for that. We're not going. So good luck if you are. And take care. Look after yourselves. Another one here from Gig. I'm a big Razor fan, but the way this whole thing has been handled is nothing short of disgraceful. The NZRU board need the boot. The whole lot of them, Gig. Yeah, I think it's been pretty unconvincing from the board and the rest of the people at the top. And I yeah, couldn't disagree with that. I think it's been an absolute shambles. And some of them will be, well, having to come out and answer a hell of a lot. So appreciate that. Uh, another one here. Fozzie knows his record today ain't good enough. His only hope if he wants the job is to win the World Cup. I just don't think we need to wait and should run the process. But come out and say it, JJ. I totally agree. I think that's what I said. We want to know, Kempe. Fozzie wins the World Cup. Well, that's, what do you reckon? That's, well, that's that, um, that chat about, you know, it's a pathway to another another opportunity. Like, he, he needs to... And I think he will knuckle down and just get the job done because we want our All Blacks to go and win the World Cup in France. Um, what happens after that? Like, Fozzie's stock at the moment, uh, probably at their lowest. Let's, let's put it that way. But he goes up there and performs. May he writes his own check, OK? Mm. He probably picks up, well, it's a, it's a thing. They, they knight every All Black coach that wins the World Cup. So, mate, there's, there's so much upside to Fozzie winning the World Cup. Um, this is just a, a blip for him because he's got the job, he's got it to the World Cup, he just needs to fo- refocus, you know what I mean? And just what's what's happening at the moment, I, I just can't get over the, the silence, the silence from... You've got a new chair down there and Dame Patsy Reddy. Um, you've had Fozzie talk, Robbo talk, and you've had none of the chair or the CEO talk. Like, when, when are we going to hear something? Yeah. We need to hear something, and hopefully we can get some clarity shortly on regards to the All Blacks coaching situation. It is baffling, really, what's going on there. We've been talking about it all day, and no doubt there'll be another headline that'll pop up today that we'll be able to cover off tomorrow. But we're going to look forward, and the Ford is looking forward to this weekend. There is plenty of sport taking place. I've had we look around the grounds, and there are some absolute doozies. So Kempi and myself are going to pick... A few winners, hopefully, over the weekend. Back with Around the Grounds. What I would do to take away This fear of being loved Allegiance to the pain Now I miss them And I'm missing you I'll never be like you I would give anything to change This fickle-minded heart The lost fake shiny thing now I'm messed up and I'm missing you. I'm not a baby like you. I'm only human, can't you see? I'm mad, I'm mad, I'm missing. Please just let me know. Zed, quarter to nine, Thursday morning, and I've made the executive call, Hutchie. 
The good all is doing an OB from Electric Avenue. Get in the car, Stixie and Clado. We're off to see Flume. Fire it up. I think I think Stico's still I think Stico's still at Leo's. <laughs> yes. Stick on Marshy is still at the viaduct squabbling over who's the better trainer. Uh, Clayto and me, we're going to the dance floor to see Lord and Flume. Uh, welcome oh, to Around the Grounds. So <laughs> I love that song. Keep it rolling, Rob Dog. Let's get into it. Round the Grounds, head-to-head, Kempe versus Izzy. Let's rip through some of the sport happening this weekend. Let's start with the Black Cats versus England. Base in reserve, 11 a.m. tomorrow, weather permitting. Win, lose, draw. Draw. England win. England win. Yeah, I was going to say draw, but that's just not England. They'll just throw everything at it, and we're going to get a result somewhere or another. So I'm going England win. Kempi's punting the weather, I reckon. 100%. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair Jim Hickey. I didn't think of that one. Fair enough. Radio Super Rugby. Saders Chiefs. This is, and if you're in the SCNZ tipping competitions, uh, listen up closely. You're getting a free tip sheet here. Crusaders Chiefs, tomorrow, 7 p.m. Orange Theory. Across the road from me right now in my icebox. What do you got, Izzy? Oh, I'm going to go Crusaders by five. It's going to be an absolute doozy. I think the weather's going to play a part. She's pretty wet here. So the Crusaders forwards roll their sleeves up. So Crusaders by five, but... Look, I'm not gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I'm a little bit nervous seeing that stacked lineup. And I'll make you it's even be a hell more, of a game. I'll make you even more nervous. I'm going Chiefs. <laughs> oh, oh Kim, of course you, you are. had your time in the sun, mate. You had your time in the sun. You're on a bad little, uh, little spell at the moment. <laughs> so hopefully that spell continues. Nah, it's gonna be a dizzy. All right, can't wait. Uh, Moana Pacifica, Fiji and Drua, uh, Saturday, 4:35 at the home of the Warriors, Mount Smart. Oh, uh, my heart wants to go with Pacifica, but my, my head's telling me Drua. So I'm going to go Fiji and Drua to win that one. Sorry, Sir Michael. Yeah, no, I'm sticking with Mike. I'm going Moana Pacifica. Ooh. You love going against me, eh, Kimpi? <laughs> <laughs> Makes it more fun. Yeah, good um, on you. I love it. Well, my rumour mill from Tuesday said that the Highlanders... Don't forget about them. Are looking like they might be a top two team, and I think they beat the Blues on Saturday at Forsyth Bar underneath the lid. I reckon it's a it's a Trojan job, and I reckon they knock them off. What about you guys, Gimpy? I'm going Blues. <laughs> See, I wanted you to go first. I'm going Blues, Louis. My, uh, look at my hearts. Like, like before, my heart's saying like Landers, but he's telling me the Blues will be too good. It's O week down there, so the the, the bloody uh, down the end will be heaving. Um, yep. Yeah, few zoo animals out there for sure. <laughs> um, Canes Reds. Well, if the Hurricanes can't beat the Reds in Townsville on Saturday night, it's gonna be a long year for them. Yeah, yeah, I'm going Reds actually. I'm going Reds. <laughs> I think the Reds. <laughs> and, uh, actually, and Brad, uh, Brad I'm Brad not being me. Yeah, Brad Thorne's come out and said he needs to step up. Hey, that's why you're going Reds. But I oh, know I'm going the Canes. <laughs> I'm going the Reds. Go the Reds. That's what happens when you chuck me in the draft. I'll go against you. It's all right. Do you love the Hurricanes, <laughs> eh? <laughs> so good. All right, uh, we're moving to some other sport. Tall Blacks, Saudi Arabia, 7 p.m. tomorrow. They play Lebanon on Monday as well. Mm, tall Blacks. I'm hoping. Tall Blacks. 100. Tall Blacks. Be tough. Yeah. Tall yeah, Blacks. They've been going good at... 
They've been going good in their pool. Uh, let's tack back to rugby. Wales, England. The game's going ahead. 6 a.m. Sunday, Cardiff. I'll be waking up for this one. Cannot wait. Yeah, Wales. I'm going Wales. Back, backlash, obviously, what's unfolded. You know, you, you've obviously got what you wanted. So now it's time to repay the faith and put in the performance. So I'm a bit like you can be. I think they're going to come out and and restore some pride. So I'm going Wales. By that time, Izzy, I'll be six out in front so I can afford to lose one. I'm going to go England. <laughs> wow, you took bloody a... Wales earlier. <laughs> I know, but you've gone Wales, mate. So <laughs> it's not going to be no fun watching it. <laughs> oh, I can't keep up. Okay, love it. All good. <laughs> what about the red-hot Scotland versus France? Yeah, that's a good one. Ooh. Monday for uh, I'm going to go. Where is it? Is it a, Scotland. France or Scotland? Scotland. Murrayfield. I'm going to go Scotland. I'm going to go Scotland over the French at Murrayfield. So, yeah. Get out the Scots. Merci beaucoup. I'll take France. Cool. <laughs> Let's finish with a little bit of racing before some boxing. Otaki Wait for Age Classic. We got La Creek versus Levante versus Wild Knight versus the Field. Oh. Wild Knight. Go Wild Knight. Levante. Yeah, I'm a little bit with you, Kempi. Levante, but La Creek's going to be up on speed. It, that's an absolute ripping, ripping race. Isn't and it? we'll finish it off with Jake Paul. Versus Tommy Fury, Battle of the Forgotten Brothers, 10 a.m.-ish Monday in Saudi Arabia. Shock that they're doing it there. Oh, man. Listen, honestly, if, if Jake Paul wins, we have to consider him a serious boxer. I, I can't see it happening. I can't see Tommy Fury being shut out of the Fury and having a bus home and Tyson Fury taking the PJ. So <laughs> I'm going Tyson Fury. <laughs> Tommy Fury. Tyson, I mean, Tommy Fury, yeah. Yeah, Tommy I reckon Fury Tommy Fury has taken a few hits in the pockets. He's actually got a, I heard, an armor van waiting for him to go home with it. So I'm taking Jake Paul because he's paid him plenty. Boom. There you go, boys. <laughs> Around the grounds. Jets, a huge weekend of, of uh, sport and racing. And here's a text for you, Kimpy, from Mark. Kimpy, you say your favorite, second favorite team is the Crusaders. Why tip against them? <laughs> Cut it out, Mark. Because they're second, mate. I'm tipping the Blues. And the Chiefs. <laughs> you, I just can't keep up with you, eh? I can't keep up. He's just been one of those guys, Enigma. Marky Mark. <laughs> yep. He's just been one of those ones. Oh, he just likes to tip out. against me. The I still, I, I still owe him lunch anyway from last year's tipping comp. Are we going to still, still do that, eh? Whether we competition between Kempi and I, double or nothing, Kempi, eh? Double, double, it's, it's called. You'll get double okay. or nothing. I explained that yesterday on the radio. Yes, we are doing that. It's called Double Double. You lose, it's four lunches. Oh, okay. And what if I win? Then it's you owe me, a, owe me a lunch? No, nah. not at all. No, I don't like that. That's uneven. <laughs> it's it's, not uneven. It's bad. It it's, is already I've got uneven. no chance. I've got no chance with that. Come you on, Kimpy. You go square. I'm the one who, nah. I'm the one who loses out. Because nah, I'm already I'm going out the I'm lunch. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> oh, so I'll, take, not fair. I'll take the one lunch till I'm still up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll shout you lunch. We'll go to Subway like I still owe Joe Subway. So there you go. I owe plenty of people on our show lunches. Hey, that's what happens. I'm down in Christchurch. You can't see me. No, no, no. Anyway, I'm a little kid. Let's go catch up with Smithy. Breaking news. Actually, I've just seen on Golf Digest, PGA Tour and LPGA Tour confirm a co-sanctioned team event for $4 million in December. So that's awesome, seeing them come together and, and seeing both both golf 
competitions, having a wee comp. Awesome. I can't wait to watch that. Absolutely love my golf. Well, Smithy's had a bit of a power cut, so we've got Ricardo in the house. How you doing, Rick? Yeah, good. Is he yourself, right? Yeah, really good, mate. Had a, had an awesome show. Plenty happening around uh, around the country here and abroad. So, uh, what do you got for today's show, bud? Well, we got Nisbo coming on just after nine to preview the Super Rugby season. Uh, we'll go through the games, um, nice. and then after eleven, uh, Ken Rutherford out of Sydney. He's going to join Smithy to talk cricket. What's going on with the Black Caps? Um, the Aussies running the white flag up the pole uh, over in India <laughs> as well. And we've got Maya Jackman as well, football ferns legend, to talk about how big the game is tonight against the Argies. Beautiful, mate. Big show for you, yeah, and Super Rugby taking place tomorrow night. Two absolute doozy squads will be going toe-and-toe when the Crusaders take on the Chiefs. Great show. Appreciate all your comments. We'll be back tomorrow to rip into another day.